Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello, and this is Maximum Influence. To my maximizers out there, we are maximizing your life, your income, your relationship, your persuasion, your income, your ability to sell, all of the above. Podcast 234, Kurt Mortensen here. Had a good week, did a little time with family and friends down in California. Road trip from California to Vegas, which if you've never done that, is not the most beautiful picturesque drive in the world. You think it would be going through California, but there's a lot of desert <laughs> sagebrush cactus in California. So and a lot of traffic too. Did some of the amusement parks, which you get used to waiting in lines. Probably remember we did the whole the psychology of waiting in lines podcast. So that was a, probably four or five months ago. And of course all the archives are available at influenceuniversity.com. That's the free part of the membership, there's also the advanced. If you're ready, if you can handle it, the 52-week advanced mastery program where you learn and master a new tool every week. Imagine every tool that you add of persuasion, influence, and negotiation will dramatically increase your income and your ability to persuade and influence. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your email. Again, that's Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We're going to start it off with an email today. Here's our sound. This one is from Abdul Rahman. Hopefully I'm saying that one right. Looks like he's from Dubai, lives sort of near the Burj Khalifa. If you haven't been there, go there. It's one of the tallest. No, it is the tallest building in the world. It's an amazing structure, how they had to build it at night because of the heat. And they have these elevator systems where you get on, you're like, okay, it's not going very fast. It's going to take forever. And then, ding, you're there. So you don't feel the speed. You don't feel the air pressure engineering marvel check it out middle east i'm off there probably in four or five weeks and i will update you on that but in his email he says kurt i loved your podcast last week on guarantees different guarantees how to use the guarantees when not to use the guarantees but you teased us on trust that guarantees tend to emerge you know guarantees warranties promises emerge when you don't have trust can you please go back into depth on trust so, okay, let's go into trust. I cannot do this in one podcast. We'll do actually a series here on trust and understanding trust and building trust because, and I will say this all the time, just because you're a good, trustworthy person does not mean people trust you. Trust is an all-time low. 20 years ago, was I trust you, give me a reason not to. Now it's, yeah, I, yeah, don't trust you, give me a reason to trust you. And, and so with that, let's start with the article. Coming from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences and New York University, they want to know why we trust some strangers more than others. You know, when someone approaches you for a survey, for money, for donation, for anything at a mall or on the street, sometimes we feel that trust. We've talked a lot about that subconscious trigger. Up to 95% of influence involves that subconscious trigger. It's a feeling. I like them. I don't like them. I don't trust them. I do trust them. I'm going to run. I'm going to stay. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. All come from feelings. And they take a deeper dive here 
on what is that? What's going on? And I've seen us say like this before, so it has been verified that basically the results show that we trust strangers resembling individuals we believe to be trustworthy. Now, let's contrast that. It says that we don't trust those that look like people that we don't trust. Isn't that interesting? So if they look similar to people we like and trust, that helps build trust, but they kind of look a little bit like the person maybe from a movie or in our lives that we don't like, that we shouldn't trust. That could be a challenge. The study does tell us that we're unaware of the resemblance. We're not saying, oh... That looks like Uncle Fred. He's a scam artist. I don't trust him. It's all subconscious. It's all under the radar. The study shows that our brain deploys what they call learning mechanism. They say moral information encoded for past experiences guides future choices. Meaning if you were taken advantage of or someone you didn't like or probably would even say old boyfriend or girlfriend that... uh, Bad breakup, maybe, you know, those type of things. If they have a face that's similar, a personality that's similar, you just don't like that person. And so it's interesting how past experiences guide our future experiences subconsciously. So one of the experiments they did, they called the trust game, where they had three different players playing this trust game, and they all had different facial images, right? We see that all the time, different images, different faces, So during this trust game, they had to decide whether they would entrust their money with these three different players, just based on their facial images. So they knew that this money they had to entrust these players could be multiplied four times. They had to see if the other player would reciprocate, you know, give some of the money back, or would defect, just keep all the money, hence the trust game. So during the game, these people were either trustworthy, or they were not. They kept all the money. They went through this game, and people took advantage of them. Now, sometimes they won money, and sometimes they lost money, But we know some people took advantage of them and took their money. They didn't reciprocate. They didn't give it back. And in the future, they avoided playing with strangers that even resembled that kind of looked like the untrustworthy player. And the way they did this is they just took the pictures and they morphed them by various degrees so the original players wouldn't recognize them consciously, but subconsciously they would. And when subconsciously they recognize them, that person similar to that took advantage of me, I don't trust them, that was transferred to that person. Whether fair or not, it does not matter. This is reality. And of course, on the flip side, the more they look like a trustworthy partner from the past, the more they instantly trust them. Because it's harder now to build trust more than ever. And now we got to deal with different facial expressions. But you have to realize, maybe they're comparing you, your face, your personality, your style, your dress to Uncle Frank or the person who took advantage of them or someone that rubbed the wrong way or someone they didn't like or someone that robbed them, whatever it is, you've got to get past that. This is an instinct. This is the urge. This is what's going through their brain. It's like a 10, 15-yard penalty in football. You can get past that, but you have to be aware that it's happening. Interesting article, and of course, I'll post that at MaximizeYourInfluence.com if you want to read more from this article. Now, before we get into the meat of trust, let's do our ninja. Let's do a ninja today. Ninja, go. So this goes out to Universal Studios. It was so packed this past week to where it would just give you an aneurysm. I don't know if that's you want to say. It's just so packed, so many people. So we plan on going with this annual pass that we have. And oh, 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 blackout date. <laughs> like, really? We're here? Blackout dates? So luckily, I send the best persuader out there, which would be my wife. <laughs> to talk to customer service. 
And they're talking, oh, blackout dates, nothing we can do about it. And then here comes compliments from my wife about his voice. Is he on radio? Which he had a really good voice. He sounded really good and slowly built the persuasion process and why there were blackout dates and asked a few more questions, foot in the door. Or it's called sequential requests, getting the yeses. And then all of a sudden, there were some printed tickets to take care of getting us in on the blackout dates. I guess the ninja goes both to my wife and to the universal guy for taking care of it to get us these tickets, to get us in, to manage our expectations, because could have said no and hurt the reputation. He could have not even worked with us, just said, hey, no, you can't go in. Those are the rules. And, of course, those are the things you don't want to hear, especially if you're there, ready to roll, your expectations, you've planned your day. So double ninja for both of them, persuading each other, making everyone happy. That is our ninja of the day. Let's do this series on trust and how important it is. I think you already know that. There's a lot of bantering about trust, different programs on trust. It doesn't matter what closing skill you have, your product or service. If people don't trust you, it's very difficult to persuade and influence. It just is. And it's an all-time low. So I'm doing big picture today on this podcast then over the next couple of podcasts, let me get into the five C's of trust on how to quantify trust. Everyone knows when they feel it, but how do you quantify? That's my job. And that's what some fun things I get to do is I interview people and find out, did you trust the person? And it's fascinating to me that as I see a persuader and a persuadee and they're done, and I talk to the persuader and I said, did you build trust in the persuader? Nine out of 10 times. We'll say, yeah, they trusted me. Then I'll talk to the persuadee, the prospect. They say, did you trust them? And one out of 10 times was their trust. You see that big disconnect? You have to earn it. Just because it's there, just because you're telling the truth, just because you're a good person, just because you come from a great company, does not mean people trust you. I mean, that's important. Get that into your head. So important. Without trust, it doesn't matter what persuasion tool you have. You need to have this foundation. So over these different podcasts, I'll give you some rules, but today is big picture, understanding that trust is critical. Now, with some people you've worked with before, you have that trust. Sometimes you can borrow that validation of that trust with people that recommend you or refer you. You start off a little instant trust there. So trust is critical, especially the first time you've met someone. Maybe they haven't heard about you, your product or service. First time you've met, trust is critical. Now, when there's a misunderstanding or misconception about your industry, we see that quite a bit in cryptocurrency or that's Bitcoin, by the way, or network marketing. We see that sometimes people have the wrong first impression. Financial planners get that quite a bit of time or stock brokers. I mean, it depends on you and the industry. We'll talk about some industries are more trusted than others. Maybe they've never heard of your product or feel they have a need for your product or your company's unknown or brand new. Maybe you are making the first contact out of the blue, making the phone call or the email, or maybe the company you have has a poor history. Maybe there's something on the internet or something that's happened that hurt their history, and of course, that's going to hurt your trust. And what's fascinating to me is that trust varies by industry, by profession. Now, some professions enjoy higher trust than others. Is it fair? No, but we don't deal with fair on this podcast because... We deal with reality. That's just how it is. So what do you think about what is the most trusted profession? Wow, isn't that interesting? Most trusted profession. Now, I think you know the least trusted profession. Car sales at 5%, network marketing at 9%. 
lawyers at 14%, Congress at 17%, okay? We all know anybody in politics is very, very low, and that's got back for, what, 15, 20 years. Those have all been big, low numbers. Again, not saying that it's fair. It's just how it is. Now, top of the list, it's interesting. People a lot of times they want to say clergy, but again, they've dropped over the years. There's been media coverages of things that's happened there, but they're usually pretty high. Nurses are always more trusted than doctors. Isn't that interesting? And doctors are more trusted than chiropractors. Okay, again, not fair, but media, insurance, things happen out there. But the two we always see at the top of the list, and I think you know, are firefighters, public servants there to save your life, but firefighters are always so much higher than police officers. Both public servants, what's going on? Well, I think we both know that's easy. Police officers is more of a love-hate relationship. Are they saving me from a burglar or are they giving me a ticket, right? What's going on here? And of course, there's been some bad press on police officers. I'm sure 99% of them are good, but that 1% can give them a bad rap. That's true with any industry. You know, firefighters aren't upselling you saying, you know, we have a special on our ladder saving device. <laughs> they just don't do that. The other one that may surprise you is the pharmacist. Yes. Why? Well, I don't know. They give you drugs. Maybe you like that. It's the end of the road. They have the solution. They try to save you money by letting you know this generic brand, and they let you know do's and don'ts to save your life. Maybe that's part of it. And think about the subconscious triggers. They're up on a platform. Interesting. Increase your ability to persuade. You're higher, more authority. There's a degree on the wall, and they wear that famous white coat. Yes, White coats, people just believe you. They trust you more. That's why when you go to a doctor's office, they're all take off your clothes. You do. You shouldn't be doing that sometimes, but you just believe people. White coat. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go out and persuade with white coats. Not doing that, but that's interesting. There's the subconscious and conscious side with pharmacists. So even your industry profession could trigger the trust you're at. So if I'm going to see a pharmacist, I'm already starting pretty high, assuming you've had good experiences there. If I'm going into a car dealership, I'm starting really low. It's interesting with car sales that people buy cars every four or five years. But when I ask people in seminars to raise their hand, who's bought the same car at the same dealership, I'd say it's less than 15%, probably more like 10%. I mean, you look at your lifetime cars you're going to have, you don't go back to the same spot? Yeah, because they're old school. They beat you up. They lost your trade in they got to talk to their manager you've been there for five hours you didn't trust them right you were losing trust but you'd been there so long all right let's just go through it or you had a bad experience and left and so that just kind of taints your mind so realize it could be profession and realize maybe it's past history if you've been unreliable yeah i'll get you that by 5 p.m and you don't i'll get it done by friday and you don't that hurts trust of course, over-promising and under-delivering destroys trust. And then they're covering up for failures and weaknesses. It's not my fault. It's the economy. It's the government. It's the company. It's my boss. Anytime you blame others and do not take ownership, you lose trust. You lose charisma. You lose the ability to influence. Take ownership. And we'll talk about that over the next couple of podcasts. When people sense that you have apathy towards them, even though you might not realize it, apathy, you don't care, one size fits all, this is what you need, not asking enough questions or listening can hurt trust. 
I mean, imagine going to that doctor's office. We've talked about that. We've talked to the nurse, and the doctor opens the door and says, yeah, mm -hmm, I know what you got, and prescriptions at the front desk. That would hurt your trust. Even though the doctor was 100% correct, solved your problem, your illness, you need to talk. People need to listen. Never apologizing is probably up there with the not blaming, saying you're sorry. Someone catches you lying, obviously, or even embellishing could hurt. Or if you're unpredictable, quick to anger, very emotional, out of control, can hurt trust. So over these next couple of podcasts, I'm going to identify the five C's of trust. Remember today's big picture. And it's took me years to quantify this and understand this. I want to give you some information to, to help you out and then go into each one of these in detail and things that you can improve and change. The first C of trust is character, your integrity, your honesty, your sincerity. I think you know that's part of who you are. But there are things you're doing that are hurting your character and don't even realize it. Then there's competence, your knowledge, your intelligence, your ability. Now, is that real or perceived? And the answer is, uh, yeah, both. Absolutely. How do you increase your competence, your perceived competence? Then there's your confidence, your assurance, your belief, your conviction. The challenge is is you don't feel confident or you're a little too confident and you're coming across as arrogant. I want to give you tools on how to handle that one. Then the most important one is credibility, your history, your experience together, what they know about you, your company, your industry. That is a focus we're going to take on. Of course, your congruence. Do your words match your actions? Do your vocal inflections match the words you use? Do your emails match your last time you talked? I mean, congruence is a critical subconscious piece of understanding trust. So let me put it into perspective for you. In the next podcast, I'm going to take each one of these and tear them apart for you. Probably the next couple of podcasts. This is a deep topic here. Is Let's say you want a dentist, a dentist you can trust. Everyone wants a dentist that you can trust. You move into a new area, thousands of miles from your old dentist, and you start looking around, and you start asking your neighbors, can you recommend a dentist? And the first neighbor says, oh, yeah, I know a great dentist, great character, good person, salt of the earth. They're just not very competent, though. Last time I was there, they stuck a needle completely through my cheek. They pulled my son's wrong tooth, but really good person, great character. Just not good on the competent side. You're No trust, you're not going there. On the flip side, you go to another neighbor, they said, oh, I know a great dentist, very competent, graduated top of the class, best in the state. They just don't have much character. In fact, you're going to have to wait a month till they get out of jail for insurance fraud. You see, you only need one filling. They'll put in two and bill you for three. But they're the best fillings that you can get because they're so competent. No character. See, I think you're getting the feel there's no trust. What about confidence? You're laying in the dental chair. The dentist comes in and puts in the x-rays and it does something like this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure here. <laughs> what do you think? This gray area here, I'm thinking root canal. What, what are your thoughts, your opinions? I bet you're running. They're the dentist. They're the expert. Act like it. The credibility. I mean, what if you walked into a dentist's office and saw a degree from a country you never heard of? A sign that said, cash only, no insurance, no credit cards. <laughs> dentist comes out in a black leather jacket and a tool belt with a real drill and a real hammer. I mean, at one point... Have you lost the credibility for the dentist? Then there's congruence. Maybe last time they said, yeah, next time we're going to have to put a filling in that tooth or pull that tooth or give you a root canal. And you ask them about it next time. They're like, well, who told you that? What do you mean? Could be former congruence. Or maybe 
they're nervous and their gestures and their mannerisms and it makes you nervous could be a form of congruence. And this is real. All part of trust. So think about it this week as we go through this. Quit blaming others. Start being reliable. And I'm going to give you a couple tools over the next couple of podcasts for each one of these C's of trust to really enhance these. Because each C that you enhance, the more trustworthy you are, the more trustworthy you are, the easier it is to persuade and influence. So thanks for being here today. Really appreciate your love and support. Like us on uh, YouTube. We're on Facebook and Pinterest at Maximize Your Influence. Of course, send us an email. We talked about coaching. I've been amplifying my coaching staff on persuasion. First one is free. Let us prove our worth. And some more housekeeping. The free book, the new edition, Maximize Your Influence, is available for free. Just pick up a little shipping at lawsofinfluence.com. Again, thanks for being here. Tell your family and friends, maybe even your enemies, master these skills, become better, learn a new tool, and go out and persuade with 